We are live in the room podcast with Lars Borison and Travis Lazart, full contact writer. Boys, I'm not going to fill the airwaves with my voice right now. I want to welcome you aboard. Say hello to the fans all over New England tuning in to listen about the rankings we released. What's going on, New England? Welcome to have you. What's going on, guys? Uh, glad to be creating a lot of buzz, and we'd like to do so more so with this show tonight. Let's make some matchups. Let's get some fights going. Excellent. Uh, as yeah. we know, Cage Titans had a big show last night. Uh, their second show back after uh, basically three months off with uh, the, the coronavirus going on. Uh, they highlighted the New England MMA rankings that we put out on Sunday night, fellas. Um, Mike was contacting us on Messenger. Lodge, you got him a bunch of stuff. Uh, let's talk about, um, you know, the ranking is, itself and what you feel about the release and how well it went. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of work went into these. Uh, you know, we've been working on this for, you know, the site we've been working on for months, but the rankings themselves we've been working on for probably a month. And, uh, you know, we were excited. This is kind of, when you look at the traffic on the page, um, people want to see the rankings. That that seems to be what people go to the most. So when we released them, you know, we were pretty excited. But um, after, you know, seeing the views and uh, kind of what Cage Titans did last night, you know, we couldn't be happier. I'm, I'm super pumped, man. Uh, Cage Titans always been good to me as far as media. Travis himself, Lars, you've uh, scored a lot of their events uh, over 10 years worth. Um, they they did a big big favor for us, and it wasn't only because uh, they were doing us a favor. It's rankings that they admitted they're going to definitely use, and that's going to be part of their matchmaking. Which that was the point of making these rankings based just on New England, not only to to focus the website to to really highlight the talent we have and get some maybe matchmaking uh, going on in here. And a lot of that went on in Cage Titans. Now you know a lot of their fighters. We're picked in the rankings. Their fighters are number one in the rankings, some up and down. But there's other promotions out there that are in this too with number one fighters and young up-and-coming talent here. So this puts a whole nother, um, a whole nother buzz around New England now that fighters that some other fighters didn't even know about, but we highlighted here because they, they should get the recognition. Now other fighters are seeing these talent and they want to fight each other. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, I can speak on that a little bit, unless Lars wants yeah, to. Um, yeah, no, I think it, I think it's pretty cool that um, I honestly feel like because we've been to so many events and see all these different events that promotions and other fighters know each other a little bit more than you you would think they do, and to be able to see guys like uh, Cameron Lashinov uh, gain some recognition on the Cage Titan site last night, that was pretty cool, but. Um, we, we know what everyone on the list is capable of doing. Um, we ranked 180 fighters, uh, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, but I think the real cool thing is um, a lot of these New England guys are starting to call each other out. And we're so used to seeing these New England guys fighting guys from out of town. And maybe we can stir up a little bit of uh, adversity in between a couple of our, uh, of our very own so we can get some of those fights to make the cage. 
Uh, Lars, your, uh, your, your opinion on what's going on and what you're seeing. You're very excited. We, we got our group chat going on Messenger, and last night we, it was hard for us to get some sleep because um, it was pretty real last night. Joe Gianetti, he's number one uh, big, 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 you know, lightweight there. The guy, the guy didn't even expect to be number one, and not only did fans have a piece of the piece of the pie, media and promotions got the vote too. So it wasn't, you know, people were afraid going in, think it was going to be a popularity contest. And Joe actually talked about that, like he's not the, you know, he talked about not being a fan favorite. So he thought he was going to be out of the rankings right away. But you know, it just shows that people really think. The talent this kid has is is number one in 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 the area. Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny. So you know, I guess we should kind of explain how we put the rankings together. Um, but we you obviously there's the fan vote on the website, uh, and then we also reached out to the promotions in New England and uh, you know the media guys that we know who follow the sport pretty closely. So we had a, a really good mix of opinions. Uh, of people who knew what they were talking about. And I kind of formulated everything together, uh, a lot of Excel work. And so it was numbers-based when it came down to it. But, um, you know, I think it's great because you, you got guys talking now. Like, we've been stagnant for, like, three months with nothing going on. Or like, you know, we want to see some fights. But even before this, when we were fighting, there wasn't, like, a pecking order. You, you couldn't go and say, hey, who should I be calling out? You know, who do I want to, you know, who do I want to take down who supposedly is ahead of me in the rankings? Um, so this has given some credibility and some legitimacy to kind of, uh, you know, the pecking order of each division. And, you know, the buzz we're getting, we're, we're seeing guys call some other guys out. We're seeing promoters jump into the mix on social media and trying to set up fights. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, that's exactly what we want. We want some buzz. We want some guys to, to kind of... Um, have some targets on their back, and hopefully this guy gets guys training hard, want to climb the rankings, and we'll see some awesome fights come from it. Excellent. And as you know, talking, Lars, I have um, the website that uh, I took a, you know, we're, we're scanning through it right now, the rankings, uh, the votes, uh, a little bit. You you wrote up, you're writing up uh, great, great things about, um, you know, the rankings itself coming out. And you've been releasing um, little, like, uh, posters of winners and talking about some of them. Uh they're coming out great, brother. I mean, you're the guy behind the scenes. And, you know, Travis, are kind of, you know, we're the guys that are on social media a lot and talking on feeds and stuff like that. You chime in there also. But you're the man behind the scenes. You're, you're basically putting this all together and, and keeping it operational. So, you know, c c congratulations on that, Lars. I mean, the, a lot of credit definitely goes to you. And, and people should know that Lars is is what brought this website together. It was his creation. He brought uh, Travis and I along because we have the knowledge and, and we have a voice that can help get get his, you know, his his um, passion out there along with ours. So it was a great team. And, you know, we can't be any happier about what happened this weekend, like Sunday, when we released them rankings. And, and Lars, talk about the feedback and, and what, you know, the you know, the interest because the website blew up and people are still going back and forth. The website looks beautiful. You know, the website itself is a, is a work of art. Now we got the rankings in there, more content and going there. But talk about the feedback and what you've been getting 
uh, from people on uh, as far as the website and the rankings themselves? Uh, nothing but positive right now. Um, you know, I, I think initially when we reached out to promoters and kind of other people, I, I think some were kind of like, all right, let's see what these guys are doing. And nobody really wanted to jump in the water too early. Uh, and then I think once they saw what we were doing, um, people are, are buying into it and we need participation from, you know, the promotions and, uh, and the fans to make this happen. Um, you know, I'm, I've been involved in this sport in the region for 10 years and, you know, I have a passion for it and I love seeing these guys kind of get to the next level. I love seeing the promotions do well. Um, you know, we don't, we don't make any money doing this. This is all, um, you know, voluntary. Uh, so, uh, it's just a passion we have. We enjoy it, and uh, we hope the fans like it, and the promotions like it, and the fighters like it. And it just we're trying to elevate the sport uh, in the region and get these guys to notice. And uh, based on the feedback we saw the past few days, I think we're getting that. Um, you know, I think the the blog post with all the rankings has over 1,200 views right now. Uh, so we're stoked. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun. We like doing this type of stuff, so we're having a blast. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff. I mean, we can't go over everything in here. I got to say, Cage Titans went over pretty much, you know, the very important uh, parts of the puzzle here. I mean, all they're the all important, but they went through everything here. We don't have that much time. We, we, you know, we really want to discuss a few, a few uh, weight classes. I mean, I'm flashing all things here. Everyone can see exactly what's going on. If you uh, haven't seen, go to the website. We really want you to go there, join. Uh, look around. Give us your opinion on you know what you see, what you, what you think we should add. If there's fighters that um you know you think should have been somewhere else, hey, get on vote next time. Um, as far as that, try uh, before we get into some matchups and talk. When is the next vote? Wh when is that going to happen? I know we have no action. So what are you thinking, Lars? Um, you know we were we were thinking about doing this monthly. Um, I think that maybe uh. A little overzealous so once we get back to kind of normal structure of fights happening every month every, you know a couple of months or whatnot i'm thinking maybe every two months um initially i was thinking maybe go by the season summer winter fall but you know that's a three-month time span i don't know if i can wait that long um so maybe every month or two we're still kind of working that out but for now i think we probably won't see another rankings until we start getting some live fights uh, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, why should guys be moving around the rankings if nothing's happened? So most likely we probably won't see another set of rankings. Uh, if fights happen in August, you know, we're, we're probably looking at September. Um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Excellent. Well, they're going to be, uh, you know, if fights are happening then, they're going to be using these rankings to get these matchups going. It was, <clears throat> it was a lot of chatter. Uh, let's start. You know, I, I'm going through the men's division. We're going to start with the, the, the flyweight division. And we're going to move up a few weight classes. And then we'll talk about, you know, maybe a uh, couple of girls, uh, the women coming up. And that maybe they're pound for pound because the women need some uh, some highlight here. We could talk a little bit about them. So, first, let's go to uh, the men's pro flyweight here, which um, you put out a write-up on them on the flyweight division today, Lars. That was spectacular. Uh, beautiful work by you. Uh, it has a lot of chatter going on. We shared it. You shared it on Instagram. Shared it all over, uh, you know, New England MMA. All over our personal pages. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, we have some killers on this. Let me blow up the picture. 
allows uh, Travis and Lars. I know you uh, you definitely um, know this by heart, but <laughs> so I'm gonna put it up here. Uh, so we have Blaine Shut, who is the champ, who defeated Johnny Lopez uh, for that open title, and then you had Richie that was supposed to fight Shut. That that fight got canceled because of the COVID nineteen. So let's talk about them three right now because uh you know in the mix over there is Tateki, but uh, he's coming off a loss, so he's not really in that in that threesome right there. I mean Johnny's lost the fight, so let's talk about you know this whole this whole one through ten slot. But start with the first one, Blaine. There, what do you think about him at one? I think he's the number one. I think CES flyweight champion um, has, has got a hold of it. He was very impressive against Johnny. Um, Johnny's known for his grappling, his submission techniques, and Blaine was just top heavy in that fight. Um, held him down for the better part of all, all five rounds. Uh, it was a frustrating one for Johnny. Um, but, I mean, you got to give it to Blaine. He came out here... Uh, kind of an unknown, um, but we figured we had to rank him because he holds the crown in New England right now. Um, Johnny is the uh, reality flyweight champion still, so he deserves to be up there next to the top. Um, and Richie has impressed us every time out. Uh, with, with, I mean, you can't say with his exception, uh, with exception for his loss to Miles Johns because we learned a lot more about Richie in that fight than we have at any of the regional promotions. So uh, Richie belongs right up near the top there. And there is, um, I mean, you can question beyond that, but I don't think there's any question that yeah, these three I think, guys are uh, You know, CES has got a lock on those top three guys, so they can kind of mix and match and, you know, put on some cool fights there. I think one thing in the flyweights that's kind of interesting is um, uh, Donnie Ballou kind of came onto the scene at Premier FC, grabbed their 125 belt. We were all there to watch that. You know, he took it to number seven, Josh Richie. Uh, you know, within the first round, first minute or two, I think, uh, knocked him down with, 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 I think, a right cross and, and choked him, uh, made him submit. So, uh, you know, Donnie Blue, I, I know he's got some fans on there. I think he's watching right now, too. Uh, and, and somebody was calling out shit for Blue. But, man, I, I think <laughs> the top one through three, you know, Tatecki's going to be a tough fight for anybody. Um, and then, you know, keep an eye on, on Baloo. He's actually uh, based out of Ohio, I believe, but I think he's probably going to be fighting more uh, in New England moving forward. Most definitely. After that win at Premier and uh, taking care of uh, Josh Rickey pretty, pretty quickly there, where Josh is a grinder and uh, he doesn't get finished. You know what I mean? And he went in there, finished him real quick. And, you know, we do know that that fan base helps uh, to, to, to get, you know, fighters, uh, fans in the stand. And when you're performing like that, he also has two, uh, uh, two titles. This is, that was his second title he captured. So, um, he's got a big fan base. The kid's putting in work. And I did also read his only loss. He did avenge that loss. So, um, the kid has, you know, the kid's there, you know what I mean? If, uh, he's in the mix, it depends. I mean, Richie had that fight with uh, Shot. We don't know what's going to go on there. Uh, 125 is a tough cut for Richie. And Richie basically told me when I, you know, he was on the podcast, he really is, isn't going to fight at 125 unless it's for a title or it's, you know, on the contender or something like that. Um, he doesn't want to kill himself it's, unless it's, it's a really, really high stakes fight. 
And in that fight, he was actually headlining the CES card. So um, he's not going to expect anything less than having an opportunity like that. I don't think Johnny Lopez being number two is going to uh, affect him fighting um, shut down the line if the, if the, it, it, when the fights get going. For sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Santiago shut is going to be the, the next uh, way to go for CES as far as that goes. That was the perfect fight when it came out, and it was, I was so stoked that that was going to be uh, you know, probably headlining that card for CES, and uh, I think it was well worthy of a headliner, and I think it was uh, two of the top flyweights, maybe northeast, you know? Excellent, man. Good stuff. Um, okay, let's uh, hit the weights because this is a very hot topic right here. Um, as we know, Johnny Johnny Cupcake. See, I don't have a great poster. Um, Lars, you're going to be sending them out and doing your write-ups or whatever mm -hmm. as we go, but I just uh, photoshopped and cropped these. So they're not as pretty as the flyweights, but um, Lars will take care of that on, on social media down the line. But So here we go. Um, all right, let me get my ugly mug out of there and blow this up. You guys are... Beautiful, by the way. <laughs> All right, let me get my mug out of there. All right, so here we go. Um, Jay Perrin. Uh, he is the Cage Titans champion, um, defending champion. He is, um, he, he is uh, he's number one. We got Johnny Campbell on, what, a four-fight winning streak, taking out all the young talent and basically butchering everyone in there. He's number two. You got Dennis Piva, number three, uh, and uh, Mitch Raposo, the young, 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 young stud there, five and oh, Rich Raposo. I think all his fights, five fights were in 2019, all his, all his pro fights, and he is number four. Let's talk about uh, Rico DeShulo. He's let's talk about these four because Rico's been out of the picture a while. Uh, let's talk about these four here: Jay Perrin, Johnny Cupcakes, Dennis Piver, and Mitch Raposo. Go, Lars, you first. Yeah, I, I think these. You know, when you look at these weight classes, I think you look at one thirty-five, one forty-five, and one fifty-five. Those are some some goddamn deep divisions in New England, and um, bantamweight may be the deepest. Uh, you know, Perrin Campbell, they they squared off probably a little over a year ago. Um, actually judged that fight, and that was raised within fight. Um, you know, I think the tough thing with Perrin is he's kind of on the brink of making it to the next level, and he's got to be careful with uh, with the next fight or two that he takes. Um, you know, he needs guys with good records that he can beat, and he can beat pretty much anybody. Um, but like. You know, like a Mitch Raposo is not a great matchup for him because Mitch has got a ton of potential. He's 4-0, and, you know, Jay's looking to kind of put a notch on his belt with a guy with a little more wins that can get him, some, get him noticed. But, you know, Raposo coming in at four um, didn't necessarily surprise me. He's only had four fights in pro, but he's got a ton of potential. I think people kind of see that, and that's kind of how they, they voted. Um, and obviously, Piva and Campbell mixed in there. Uh, those two are killers as well, and I know they've been chatting a little bit on social media about possibly hooking up for something, uh, whether it's under CES or whatnot, but that'd be a cool fight. You know, one one kind of fight that I had marked down here was like, I'd like to see Duma and Perrin. That'd be kind of cool. Well, um, um, there was maybe some chatter about that 
in the back room. That fight may be happening, but um, it didn't come out. It, it it was it was talked about. It didn't happen. I'm uh, sure it can be talked about again, Lars, since it was talked about again. Uh, but Perrin, um, I don't know, Doom is coming off a loss, so that's a tough fight for Perrin. I mean, Perrin, you know, he's looking to, I mean, Doom is a big name in New England, but is that going to get Perrin to the next level if he takes out Doom, or I don't know. Does he need a bigger name? Does he need an outside name? Does he need a Johnny Campbell name? On a four-fight winning streak, who's, who's number two? Um, as far as Mitch Raposo, Mitch is going to 125. He's certain he's going 125. He's even uh, saying something on, on Instagram today, um, uh, uh, commenting back at Madafi. I, I don't remember his name. He was supposed to fight Mitch. He backed out because uh, Mitch is, he's saying Mitch is not a true flyweight. But if Mitch can make the weight, he is a flyweight. But... He has to make the weight to be in that class and be a factor there. Um, but I don't. I see Mitch's next fight at flyweight. So we got three guys here. We got Perrin, we got Campbell, and we got Piver. I see Campbell and Piver going at it. I see Perrin out of state unless someone, you know, who's there that can call him out. Uh, you know, Janelle Lugo, who's only got, what, two or three fights, he beat... He beat Doomer at uh, Bellator, but he's not that he's not that fight that's gonna get him there. And he's ten. Who else is there? Chris Motino, three fight losing streak, lost to Johnny Campbell. So that's kind of going backwards. Not that that wouldn't be a great fucking fight, but it's not gonna put him where he is. So my opinion is Jay's gonna fight either Johnny Campbell or someone out of state, and uh, you know hopefully that'll get him to the next level. Which la- last words from both of you? about these three gentlemen. Yeah, I, th- I think Perrin, uh, you're probably right. He's probably going to take somebody from out of, out of the region. Uh, it only makes sense. A lot of these guys at the top um, got to kind of think that way. You know, so I think Perrin would probably, his last fight, I, th- I think the guy was from Florida. I can't remember his name who he fought and beat, beat at Cage Titans. But it makes sense for Perrin to, to fight somebody who's got a solid record and some good wins from out of state or out of the region. Um, what do you think, Travis? Um, yeah, I definitely don't think there's anyone here, um, besides Johnny Campbell that makes his, uh, furthers his resume, really. Um, and I mean, granted, anyone would further his resume, maybe Dennis Paiva, but, um, I've heard a lot about Paiva being at 45. Um, so, uh, I I mean, Rico, Rico would be a fight, but it's, they're, they both trained at City Otong, so I don't think that fight's happening. Um. I just think, yeah, the the way for Perrin to get uh, noticed by, well, not that he hasn't been noticed by the UFC, is to to do something, um, somebody out of the region, um, somebody that he can make a name for himself, um, and pick out another regional uh, champion or something like that, and, and make a name for yourself uh, across the country, and say, hey, I beat another regional champion here. You know, it's time to go. Excellent, and you can't forget uh, Richard Santiago. Just like I said, he's not going to take a huge fight. Uh, a huge flyweight fight unless it's for a title or it, it's something bigger than CES. So he's still in the mix at 135. He's coming off a win, coming back from the contender series where he had that broken jaw. He came back. He finished uh, um, Georgie. I don't remember his last name, but I think it was a second round he's finish. Really. Yeah. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> so, all right. So 
Good chatter there. There's a there's a lot of talk going on there. Jay Perrin, um, he's been off Facebook a little while. He's been on Instagram. He did put a, a post about him uh, thanking for uh, being number one. He's very proud of it, which he should be. He earned that he earned that spot, and uh, I'm glad he's getting the recognition. And I can't wait to see what happens with that weight class. So let's get to um, the featherweights. So let me blow that up. I did I, want to bring up one thing. I think a little bit of a snub in this top 10 was uh, Asheka Jim, who's 3-0. and He's fought for CES, and he's beat the brakes off everyone he's fought. So I think that guy is a guy to look out for, too. If we had an honorable mention, I think he would have to be in it because that guy is dangerous. Excellent, excellent. Maybe we'll do a little uh, a segment of uh, honorable mention fighters that didn't make it. You know, like the one and O's, but they had like great amateur, re- you know, great amateur records. They just don't have the experience at, um, at the pro level to put them out there. I mean, some weight classes, I mean, they're thin, so we have to go to maybe three wins or something like that. But you know, them, them, them stacked weight classes, man, you know, the fighters, it's hard to get in there. You need a bunch of wins and a lot of fights under your record. So, all right. Yeah, so you, in New England, if you get north of 170, it's really, it's hard to put the list together. But yeah. under 170, I mean, under under 55, really, our divisions are super stacked. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, so, you know, it wasn't easy putting this together, like as far as voting and as far as like going through this. I mean, you know, Lars, I remember um, you put a post saying, you know, get on the rankings. You should. You should be part of this. We worked hard on this. It's only 10 minutes of your time. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, it took me more than 10 minutes, but I had a great time. It, like, I mean, you have to think. And why wouldn't you want people to think about rankings? I mean, these are like fighters kind of their, their careers. Not saying that NewEnglandMMA.org is their fighter career if we rank a fighter above another, but it helps. And um, you want, as far as... When we put the rankings out, we want the best, the best possible, uh, correct and uh, say it for me, Laz. Where do we want from these? Yeah, we want accuracy and credibility. That's the and words think, right there. <laughs> I think we got that in this first run, honestly, because out of all the feedback we've got uh, on social media and whatnot, it's been pretty much ninety-nine percent positive. We've had one or two people like call out some stuff here or there, but that's natural and that's kind of what we want. We want people debating about this stuff. But in terms of the amount of data and opinions that went into these, uh, there's been nothing done in New England like this before. Um, you know, when you have over when you have a dozen promoters and media members. Uh, you know, submitting ballots for every single weight class and you have over 50 fans submitting votes and you kind of mush all that together. Uh, that gives you some, you know, some some pretty accurate uh, accurate rankings here. And I think we're proud of how they look. There's always going to be debate, but, you know, I like, I, I know a lot of these guys and I think they're, you can make an argument for that's where they're supposed to be. Excellent. And we wanted the debate and we knew we were going to get well, we I thought we were gonna get a little more um a little more debate on oh they should we should have been here or somewhere there. But when when we saw these rankings before the fans, we were excited. We were like, We don't think you can get any better than this. I mean, there might be one in there, there might be a teeter totter, like a fighter is hasn't been as active as the other and it's just, but I mean, that's it. Everything else is is pretty much spot on. Yeah, and it's probably worth noting that we pulled out a couple guys that were in the voting. Um, 
Andrei Sukhmatov and Kyle Bochniak. We had them in the voting. We had them on our ballots for the, for the promoters media, but we actually made the decision when we tabulated the votes to remove them from the rankings just for the sole fact that they haven't fought on the regional scene yet. They, yes, they've, they've been cut by the UFC. Um, so they're not fighting for a major promotion, but until they actually step in a cage in New England, we're going to leave them off the rankings just for, um, you know, just for uh, you know, some sort of guidelines we can use. Excellent, excellent. And the right thing to do. I mean, they got to fight uh, just like our next, I mean, Tateki, well, he's had a couple of fights since uh, he's left. He won at CES or, and um, and then he fought at Cage Titans. But we have a gentleman that kind of is then in that is in that category, Laz. We have Matt Bassett, who was released by the UFC. Um, I believe he had did he have two fights? He didn't get his last fight out of the uh, or did he have three fights? I think he had two, right? One contender. He fought Tim Dueling and then he fought Charles Chiefs. No, 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 no. I mean when he was in the UFC. Oh, with the UFC, yeah. Two fights. I think he had the, the the contender, and then he had two under contract. He fought in Boston, and I think he fought one other place. Fought Steven Peterson, and he fought uh, Barzola. All right, there you go. All right, so we got Matt Bissett back in the rankings because he is, again, the CES featherweight world champion. Um, and he won two fights on the regional scene pretty uh, pretty impressively. So, of course, he's going to be back in the ranking. So, let's talk about these rankings. because There's been some fire before these rankings even came out. Before even COVID-19 came out, there's been fire between a couple of these gentlemen right here. And their names is Matt Bissett, number one. Bruce Boyington, number two. The former CES featherweight champion who relinquished his title and went to fight for uh, Neff. Um, I, we, we know what happened between that kind of, but, um, that's old news now. And then Don Shanus as number three, let's talk about, um, Sean Sariano's had one fight, his fight before that last fight for CES. He won that fight, but before that, that's when he lost his, uh, uh, the belt to Bruce. So let's talk about these three guys here, the top three right now. We have Matt Bissett, we have Bruce Boynton, and we have Don Shanus. Three active fighters in New England. Let's talk about them, boys. You first, Lars. Yeah, man. Um, uh, I love this top three. Uh, three killers. Um, Bissett and Boynton are currently going back and forth on our rankings thread from Sunday. <laughs> calling each other out. I um, I made a, a reply to one of them saying, let's give the fans what they want. And I tagged Jimmy Birchfield and Matt Peterson. Um, to maybe one of them get something done. You know, Jimmy hopped in and, uh, you know, they're, they said they're going on their podcast, I think, tomorrow or something together. Oh. To see, yeah. uh, so we'll see if that happens. But they both agreed to it. I think, you know, Boynton's throwing out, hey, you can have my purse and I'll come down to Connecticut to fight you. Um, Bissett wants him to get a win before he goes down and fights him. So, you know, does that happen? Uh, would like to see it. Can, can, um, can I... Don, can, I'd love to see Don Shannon fight anybody. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love to see him fight Bissett or Boynton, you know. Yeah. Uh, Shane is another guy who's kind of on the cusp of, of getting some national attention and 
I think if this COVID thing didn't hit and he got in his fight in um, April, you know, maybe he'd be getting a call for the contender series right now, but that's, you know, uh, so, you know, Don Shanis versus anyone is an awesome fight. I could see him fighting Bissett or Boynton, um, but, you know, any of those three, you can interchange them. Great, great matchups. So, well, I was going to make a quote by Matt Bissett, but he's got a ton of them against Bruce Boynton. So we'll just leave that at that. Just keep keep watching the feeds because as soon as we release, when you make this right up, Lars, it's going to blow up. Like when you get this poster out and you talk about the fights and shit like that, it's going to blow right, up. I'm going to stoke the fire. I'm going to stoke the fire a little bit. See what we get going. <laughs> so awesome. So, Matt Bissett, featherweight champion back there. I mean, what, what was he? Uh, how many fights, how many times did he defend that title? I mean, it had to be about, what, seven or something? Like, it was up there. How many times do we know that? Anyone got, um, I, think fought, I think he fought for the title six or seven times. Um, uh, twice reclamation projects, I believe. But, uh, yeah, he's fought for the title. I mean, I, I've been watching Bissette for the longest time. I remember his fight back in Bellator, fights back in Bellator and stuff like that. Man, Bissette's my dude, and I'm happy he's back on top. Not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew when he was coming back to the regional level and fighting for CES, I mean, that he was gunning back for his title. Uh, there was chatter back then, you know, he wanted Bruce. There was something going on with that, and then Bruce got the, you know, left the title and got away. And then, uh, you know, it'd be a fun fight, but like you said, Matt wants Bruce to get another win, over a quality opponent because in Matt's eyes, his last loss was embarrassing, which he lost to Manny Bermudez as 100, 100, what was Manny, 159 pounds, 158 pounds. Bruce, come on. Bruce is, yeah. I, what, what, is Bruce a true uh, featherweight or a true uh, lightweight? Where would you put him, Travis? He's a, I'd say he's a true lightweight. A true lightweight. All right. I mean, so, Bruce is so... <laughs> Yeah, he, I, but he's so physically conditioned, and he has uh, great control of his body, maybe better than anyone in the region. Um, so he, he can make the, the featherweight, but he's been fighting for light, uh, lightweight titles at NEF for years, and I think he's naturally a lightweight. All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, let's stick. Yeah, I, I think, I'll just say one thing. I think, yeah. uh, you know, Bissette saying, hey, Bruce, you got to get a quality win before we can do this. And, and to Bruce's defense, Manny did come in heavy to that fight. So can you really mark that down as a, as a, a true crappy loss? Um, you got to kind of put an asterisk there. So yeah. Matt probably should give a little more credit for that. Uh, and the former CES lightweight, you know, lightweight champ, right? He's a lightweight or is he no, featherweight, fe- featherweight champ? Featherweight. Yeah. He's former featherweight champ at CES against the current. I mean, it all makes sense. Um, but you know, they got to find a way to get it done. Um, in my eyes, it's only going to get done for CES. Matt is not going to go fight for Neff. He's never going to fight for Neff. He is the CES champion. He uh, he made his name, you know, Bellator and having them great fights at Mohegan. Yeah, gave him his fan base and everything. But CES launched him into the UFC, and that's where he got the the big eyes on him. So that's his company. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna retire with them, and he wants to retire with that belt. So Bruce is going to have to come back to CES, and we, you know, we would love to see that fight. I would also like to see Don Shanis 
be able to get a shot at that belt. Also, he was supposed to fight for the Cage Titans fight, uh, Cage Titans belt, as we all know. That didn't happen. And now he's, you know, I talk to Don, you know, back and forth on Messenger all the time. We're, we are good friends, Don and I. We've known each other a little while now as far as off, off the fight scene. He's expected to get a contender shot. He doesn't think he need. He thinks when they come calling, he's gonna he's gonna be one of the guys calling. If not, he says everyone on this list can get it. That means he'll fight Matt Bassett, wherever Matt Bassett wants to fight. Don will fight for CES. He's talked to them in the past, negotiated with them when he was fighting for Bellator and stuff. I mean, Mike Polvere is no he's no stingy guy. If fighters are gonna get eyes and get better opportunities, he lets them go fight somewhere else. I mean. That's that's a true promotion right there. You want your fighters to grow. Don is, um, you know, I would love to see Don and Bissett. If Don doesn't get a contender shot, I I would see I would love to see Don versus Boynton at Cage Titans or Don versus Matt Bissett at uh, CES. But I think Matt Bissett might want someone with more than ten fights and someone who's been around. More than the New England level. You know what I mean? As far as a bigger name and somebody that's going to, you know, I don't know. What do you think, Lars? Yeah, I, uh, you know, one thing that kind of catches my ear is, you know, I'd love to see, tell me what you think about this matchup. I'd love to see Don Shannon's both go play. You know, those two guys are aggressive in your face fighters and they would put on a hell of a fight. No, I'm not sure what, what's going on with Volka. He hasn't fought in a little while. You know, he's he's rattled off six fight six wins in a row, uh, but he hasn't been active. I'm not sure if it's injuries or, or what's going on. But he's a guy who's also uber talented, um, who could easily, you know, I wouldn't say easy, but he could beat anybody on this list. And I'd love, love to see Shane and Volka go at it. That'd be a great fight. As we know, Volka is a great grappler. Uh, Digs deep. I've seen him in a couple of fights, a little trouble, and he's uh, he's dug deep, and and he'll submit you. He'll he'll outlast you. He'll outwork you in a fight. That's for sure. Don, the same way. That kid is work, work, work. We talked about him. His forward pressure, his grant, his scrambling ability, just to just be on, you know, crazy in the scramble. I mean, fighters can get can get clipped there with that crazy scramble, but but Don's strong, fast. And he's just crafty when he's in that scrambles. That's a great fight for Matt Bissett. Matt is incredible on the ground. Uh, you know, he's the older guy. He's the CES champion. Don's that young gun, man. Um, you know, I would love to see this fight. This fight would, uh, would. I mean, I don't know what uh, Matt has to gain out of the fight other than you know, keeping the title and being the best in New England still and, and taking out a young gun, uh, spoiling the party for Don. But Don beating Bissett would be huge, huge for his career. So, I mean, there's a lot of work here. There's a lot of there's a lot of options here. And plus you said there's a bunch of other fighters in there, Brent, Brendan Marat, um, you know, a bunch of them other younger fighters in there that, you know, you got um uh, Dylan Lockhart that, you know, was on a tear. He's what is the combat? Uh, was the combat zone um, lightweight champion? Correct, I do believe. And, and lightweight champion. Oh, the Neff. I'm sorry. And then he went to uh, he went to the contender series, but he lost in there. But he's still 
a dangerous, dangerous, great, great fighter in New England. I, I'd like to chime in here. I think that the fights to make would obviously be, if, if we were to keep it all in New England, it would be Bissette Boyington. And then for the next shot, I think it would be, in my opinion, if you lined it up, it would be Sheamus, Marat, or Locker, two of the three of those um, for the for the next shot at the title. If you were just to stack it up as uh, the featherweight division as a whole. Um, I think that's where, I mean, Vavka, we don't know what's going on with him. Paiva is, uh, you know, he's always in the running. That would be cool to see him if it was a CES title, but I don't see him and Bissette really going at it. Um, and then you have uh, Soriano's already had his shot at the title and, and lost it. So I feel like you know, you, you take two of the three of Shanus, uh Lockard and, and Murat, and you, you, you let them face the winner of Boyington and set there you go and i think go another ahead. interesting uh another interesting thing on the on the featherweight series you know connor matthews sneaking in at number 10 with only you know only a 2-0 record uh i think that shows you a little bit about of his potential uh i've seen him fight a few times the kid's got the build um and he's, he's definitely got the talent so for him to sneak in the top 10 with only two fights i think that's pretty impressive Exactly, exactly, Absolutely. exactly. Um, and coming out of Lozon's uh, great camp, you know they're going to keep um, keep uh, conditioning him to uh, the biggest stages. So that kid's uh, uh, sky's the limit for him. Very, very happy. Uh, another kid that was probably not, maybe not thinking he was going to be in the rankings. I mean, 2-0, and um, you know, that's a stacked division. You know what I mean? So great honor for Connor. I mean, he deserves it, 2-0. and He's a huge prospect. He's a, he's a he's a Mitch Raposo only in uh, you know that the featherweight division. All right, so let's move to our uh, men's lightweight division where uh, a bunch of chatter was on there. There was um you know on Cage Studies, Joe Joe was uh, talking about a couple of matchups or a couple of uh, fighters down in the the nine the maybe seven through ten list that might have been should have been switched around, but. That's opinions. Um, and as we know, you know, fans and fighters don't know all the fighters. Like, they, they're actually not... This, these rankings are helping other fighters learn who other fighters are. Because, if, you know, Joe last night and uh, I think even Johnny uh, Cupcakes didn't know who Cameron Lushinoff was. Cam- Cameron's like... He's got like six wins in Bellator. He's not like on a, a, an eight-fight winning streak. He fights out of Team Link in um, in Ludlow. He's Pat Casey's training partner. A bunch of killers there, and I think he came in uh, number three on the welterweight rank. He's also the NEF uh, welterweight champion, and he's the reality welterweight champion. Now that's what's funny about it is you don't like you don't know that he's in New England, and some fighters never heard of him, which is like nuts. Which Makes me feel. I think it's hilarious too because JoJo's fought as a welterweight before, and he doesn't. He hasn't even heard of him. Good, good, good stuff. I mean, and that's why I love the rankings because people are finding out about these fighters that are really getting um, recognition now. Uh, Cameron, I don't even think was on the topology rankings. I don't remember. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. So I'm very proud and very happy that these fighters are. Uh, you know, getting the recognition and getting where they, you know, 
in um, New England's eyes should be in these in these rankings. So let yeah, another thing I'll uh, point out. I thought was kind of interesting. Um, we had Ali Zebian. Yes. In in both the uh, featherweight and lightweight, he fi- he finished eleventh in the rankings in both featherweight and lightweight. So he's another guy who's on a roll that probably should, you know, you got an argument to put him in, in both those uh, divisions in terms of the rankings, uh, but he, he just missed out. So uh, he's a guy, that, you know, who should get some credit as well. He's been on a tear. Well, let me, let me. Uh, I mean, in there, so he should be in there. Well, yeah, exactly. That was my next uh, point there, Travis, that Ali beat. Uh, Brendan Fleming, not the last, uh, was it the, the last card or the card before for Cage Titans? Wow. And Brendan Fleming is number seven. And they've both been, I don't know, I think uh, kind of a, a winning streak before, you know, last fight. I, I think Ali might even be uh, Premier's champion. Isn't he like their way, uh, one of the, their featherweight champion? Or their or lightweight champion? What is he? Lightweight, one of their champions, their pro champions. And he didn't even make this list. And that's where it comes into, which is interesting, because you can't blame the popularity or because that that had just a, a fraction of 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 the votes or the, the final the final tally here. So talk a little let's talk a little bit about that more. Like what do you think do you think media didn't didn't know Allie as much as Fleming, or do you think they relied on Fleming's uh, uh, past record and what he did before he came back on the scene? Um, and I think when you, when you look at how the numbers came back, Ali finished like uh, 10th in fan voting, excuse me, 9th in fan voting, and 11th in the media and promotions vote. Um you know, it's interesting because Ali's fought for a bunch of different promotions. Uh, he's always a tough fight for anybody. Uh, some of his fights aren't incredibly exciting, but he seems to be getting more exciting. Um, I've seen some of his fights where it's, you know, kind of using his wrestling, uh, not a ton of striking on the ground. But over the past few fights, I've seen him kind of evolve more, and his striking is definitely becoming a bigger factor. Um, he's got a chin. He obviously has solid wrestling. Um, you know, if, if I were to, to rank him myself, I probably would have, you know, Zebian in the top 10 in, in both those divisions. Um, but, you know, why did Fleming kind of get there and Allie didn't? Um, you know, let me look to see how Fleming turned out from the fan voting. Yeah, I mean, Fleming was fifth in fan voting. Excuse me, fourth. And then sixth in uh, in the medium promotion. So obviously people think High Fleming, and he's he's a stud as well. Yeah, uh, I think Ali probably didn't get the recognition that he deserves. Excellent. Well, that you know that's why we get to get fights, and that's why we get a uh, you know we get everyone involved. I mean, it is what it is. And and Travis, when we were not when we were like discussing this online with other people that were asking asking things, your line was. The uh, the people have spoken, <laughs> which is, which is right. I mean, we like. I mean, of course, people are gonna argue because their fight is not there or where they think it's gonna be. But this wasn't one sided. Like the fans didn't all vote, and we went by that. We didn't just go by media. We didn't just go by promotions. It was all put together, and um, 
you know, it is it the fans and the people have spoken, Travis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely some things that um, people don't like when somebody who has beaten somebody uh, shows up ahead of them on the rankings. But um, there's a situation right here where this happened. Um, Jesse Erickson beat uh, Josh Harvey by armbar in his last fight, and um, that's what we're getting a little bit of feedback on here. But uh, here's the thing. When I put this list together, I, I don't think of Jesse as – uh, excuse me, hold on. I don't think that um, Jesse will take this as a slight to him. Jesse knew that uh, that Josh is a tough opponent. Jesse knew that Josh sat atop the division in New England, and that's why Jesse went at him the way he did. He uh, knew he had to finish him early, knew he had to get him out of there because uh, Josh took JoJo into deep water a little bit there. Uh, you know, the longer you last with Josh Harvey, the longer you try to wrestle him and, and, and stuff like that, it's a, it's a tough out. But um, I can see people not wanting – um, uh, Josh above Jesse, but uh, Jesse's Jesse's made his mark in New England. He's uh, he's won a, uh, an NEF title, um, and he's a tough out for anyone. But it, it just goes to show how high everyone is in their stock uh, of, of Josh Harvey. Um, Josh has shown it uh, against a number of opponents. Um, he's a game opponent. He's one of the best featherweight lightweights in the in the division. Um, in New England, for sure. Yeah, and, and Jesse isn't, you know, in my opinion, Jesse isn't in the top ten if he doesn't beat Josh Harvey. Um, so I think that win right there got him some recognition and got him in the top ten. Uh, you know, Harvey being ranked ahead of Erickson, even though he just lost to him. You know, I think these rankings are about, um, you know, if these two guys fought right now, who do you think would win? Or you're like, Lars, they just fought and, and Harvey lost. So I'm like, all right, what if they fought ten times? Who would win the majority of them? In my opinion, if they fought 10 times, Josh Harvey probably wins six to eight of those. Therefore, I think he should be ranked higher. Um, you know, granted, you can't call it a fluke. Jesse implemented game plan and won. Um, but from what I've seen over the course of 10 years, um, and, you know, their careers probably ranged, you know, six to eight years, something like that. But I've seen them both fight quite a bit. Um, you know, I would put Harvey above Erickson, even though he just lost to him. Excellent. All right. Well, let's talk about potential um, <clears throat> matchups here. Uh, JoJo said he'll anyone can get it. <laughs> Last night, let me blow this up a little more so uh, you could see that. All right. So Manny Bermudez, of course, is not going to fight Joe Giannetti, and we don't see Manny hitting uh, the cage. Until, uh, you know, at least a card or so away from uh, when we get going again. So we got Bruce Boynton in there again, but he's um, he's uh, got high hopes of getting against uh, Matt Bissett. So we got Josh Harvey back in there. We got uh, Jacob Bond, who just beat um, Dan Dubuque, which he wasn't even, he wasn't even mentioned, but... You know, that's a hard sell. He's coming off three losses in a row, I think, in, in like two uh, two or three different weight classes. So that was a hard sell. But we got Jacob Bond, who won the reality fighting um, lightweight title uh, against him. Then we got Zach. We got Brandon Fleming. We got Connor Berry. We got Jesse Erickson. We got Darius Estelle, who was supposed to fight Don Shana. So we're not going to talk about Darius because I think he's going to stay in the featherweight and try to uh, 
you know, maybe get that fight back with Don or, you know, well, you know, he's number 10. So let's talk about one through seven, maybe. Uh, oh, well, let's throw Connor in there because Connor did. You want to throw Connor in there. Yeah. Con- Con- Connor's too low on the team. Yeah, yeah. Connor did uh, make a comment that he thinks, uh, looking at the rankings, he should fight Zach now. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that. So Joe will fight anyone except Manny Bermudez. Uh, I think I could be wrong, but Joe might have been, or Bruce might have been offered Joe at a Cage Titans fight at some point. Um, I might have heard a birdie talk about that. If it didn't, that is chatter that's going to happen. You got Josh Harvey, who lost against, well, no, tied a draw against Joe Giannetti, who, um, you know, I don't know. What are you thinking, guys? As far as I like the uh, the Connor Berry and the the Zach, just just because he called him out in comments, thinking that that's the fight to make there. So, guys, your uh, your take on that? Yeah, I think um, first off, I think we got to recognize that there are four uh, South Shore sport fighting guys ranked in the top ten in lightweight. You got number one, number two, and number six and seven. So they got some some killers down there on the South Shore. Um, so obviously those guys would never fight each other. Um, I think Connor versus Zach or Brandon are both great matchups. Um, you know, I, I also wouldn't mind seeing Josh Harvey, Zach be Sabatino either. That'd be kind of a cool matchup. Um, you know, Zach's probably not going to leave the cage Titans world. And I'm not sure if Harvey would come back down to the cage Titans world. So I don't know if that would be able to get made, but. Um, I think Connor Barry's probably ranked a little bit too low. Um, you know, in, in Jacob Bond's coming off a big win, but uh, can he show us some consistency with those big wins? Um, maybe he's ranked a little too high. Um, all right, so where was I here? Um, what about, well, Josh is coming off. No, he isn't. Josh is coming off a loss. I was going to say, if Josh came off that win, that could be uh, talks for a Giannetti rematch there with Harvey, but Harvey coming off a loss, that does no good for Joe. I'd like to see see Connor Barry against Josh Harvey. That's Um, a good fight. Connor Connor Barry's got some slip submission skills off of his back. He is similar in size to JoJo, and I think the one thing that Harvey had tough time with with JoJo is – his size, his lanky legs. He had tough breaking through his guard and stuff like that. So I think that Connor Barry against Josh Harvey is a good fight. Both of them have fought for NEF before, so that it wouldn't be a, a two out of the out of the um, realm of possibility there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there are some fights to make with these local guys um, in, in this division for sure. Excellent. Uh, last words before we move on to the women and just give uh, a little shout-outs to, uh, you know, a couple other divisions uh, we don't have time to go through the amateurs and all that. Maybe we can uh, do that next week, guys. Maybe next, because uh, we're going to be putting posters out for the next week. So how about next Tuesday we do uh, we we cover the amateurs? Absolutely. All right. All right. So uh, all right. So let's get to the women. So let's start with the pro women right now. Um, we had, you know, as we know, there's not enough women fighters in New England to make divisions and make, you know, we we would have, you know, there would be one welterweight. Champion, or you know, not welterweight. I'm 
apologize. <laughs> uh, featherweight, bantamweight, uh, what's that? Flyweight big, and uh, and uh, uh, what's the other one? Strawweight, one fifteen. We don't have atom weight, but um, you know. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the women right now. So we have, uh, let me find them right here. Women's pro pound for pound. All right, so let me blow that up, and we'll talk a little bit about that. All right, guys, like I was saying, we don't have enough women to make it. So we had to make it pound for pound. And uh, as you know, there's not even enough. It, it, it was hard to find 10 women to put on the pro the pro pound for pound. You know what I mean? We had we had to go. Uh, Maria Rivera hasn't fought in 18 months, but we couldn't put a girl, a winless, a winless fighter on there as far as pound for pound. And, and Maria is a killer and she is undefeated in 2-0. Oh, she just hasn't fought in a while. Uh, so let's talk about it, uh, guys. We have Jesse Mealy. We have Hillary Rose, Marissa Messier, Kerry Kennison, Maria, Maria Rivera, who we were just talking about, Kylie O'Hearn, Sarah Click, Daniel Henley, Sarah Payant, and Lisa Blaine. Uh, go, Travis. Let's talk a little bit about these. Uh, the first, uh, let's talk about the first four Jesse Mealy, Hillary Rose, uh, Marissa Mer uh, Messer, Messier and Carrie Kennison. Yeah, so I think this is the same top four I had, just in a little bit different order. I think I had Marissa ahead of Hillary on this one. Um, Marissa is an absolute beast. Um, she's, uh, they call her the spider monkey for a reason, because she is all over you. Um, I love her style. Um, one thing I think that slipped a little bit here is Daniel Heinley at eight. Um, I think she could have been up in the five or six range um, in that area. Um, and then the, the the part that kills me is I think Kylie O'Hearn is one of the most talented females in New England, but because of her record, her couple tough losses, um, it puts her a little bit lower than I think she could be. Um, but I love Carrie Kennison. Carrie Kennison is a baller. She goes into uh, Invicta and goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the toughest women in the world. Um, Invicta not really being a, a, a local promotion, but um, she definitely has – uh, carried the women um, from from New England as far as that promotion goes. Jesse Miley, there's no question. Um, she's fighting at the, the biggest stage in Bellator, um, fighting some of the biggest names. Um, she belongs right there at the top. There's no question about that. Um, other than that, uh, it's really tough. I think that um, we know that Glory Watson is making her pro debut in her next fight. Um, so she could be one of those girls that uh, pops into the top you know, six or eight with a, a nice uh, pro debut. Um, she ended up winning uh, female pound for pound for amateur. Uh, we almost ranked her as a pro, but uh, we think she would have got some votes, but, you know, she's not pro yet. She hasn't signed that pro card yet. So um, I like where this, I, I like where this is. Uh, Maria Rivera, um, if she is, is fighting and active, she belongs in the top five because um, uh, she's been, uh, had some big wins on the CES stage. Um, so I, th I think if, if she were to come back, she'd be in the top five. I mean, it, it's pretty good for what we have to work with. Um, I'm sure there's some girls out there that are, are dying to get on this list. Um, all it's going to take in, in New England is one or two big wins, uh, and you, you'll launch yourself up this right. ladder pretty All right, quick. I'm going to mention one name, um, and like we were talking about, it's hard to put women, uh, not women, it's hard to put fighters up on a list when they only have one one win, uh, but there's you know there's a fighter here that 
um, a, a real killer in New England, a real woman killer, Ale- uh, Alexandra Ballou. Fights out of Ascension, fights out of, um, um, I forget the grappling school. I'm so sorry if I forgot. Uh, but she fights out of underdog. She uh, cross-trains all over there. I think she's actually from New York, but right on the line of New York and Connecticut. So she uh, cross-trains with them. She's 1-0. She's going to win over uh, Lisa Blaine. I do a fin- I do believe... Uh, her um, her pro debut at Bellator, she beat uh, Lisa Blaine. She's 1-0. She was supposed to fight Sarah Payant at Bellator again, but she blew out her ACL uh, before that fight happened. So she's been re- recouping her knee, and I think she has fought within the 18 months, but it's been like 12 months she's re- recouping the knee. She looks like she's about 85%. I mean, the coronavirus might have held her back a little bit about getting from getting that very important uh, reps in there. But I think when we're ready to go again and get fights ready, Alexandra Blue from uh, Underdog and uh, Ascension, Matt Bassett and Jeff Adad's gym, uh, that girl's definitely somebody to, uh, somebody definitely to watch out for. And uh, I'm excited to see her uh, hit the scene again in, in these women rankings. There's another tough one here too. Uh, Lindsay Van Zant um, isn't on this list. Uh, she's fought for Bellator her whole career, pretty much, I believe. So that would be a tough one, whether or not she's a, a regional fighter, um, considering she's fought most of her career for Bellator. But that's another one that could be uh, in consideration as well. Yeah, and I think when I looked over all, all the rankings, one the one that stuck out to me the most that said, "All right, this." This fighter's ranked too low. It's probably Dan- Danielle Heinley. Um, she's at eight. I think she's four and one. Um, you know, I think part of her um, part of her issue is her, her quality of opponents in terms of wins is not that great. Her only losses to the only to the only fighter that had a winning record she's fought. But in terms of talent and what she can do on the mat, um, you know, she. You know, she could easily be in uh, the top four in the next year, year and a half with a couple big wins, but she's dangerous. You know, she, um, so I think she's ranked a little too low, but uh, hopefully we'll see her back in action soon. Um, one thing, like, you know how I'm an internet troll and, you know, of course I'm going to watch the comments on these rankings and stuff like that. Uh, Hinley is at what weight? Is she a, is she a, a lightweight? Uh, not a lightweight, a flyweight or is she um, a strawweight? Or she even heavier? I believe she's a. I think she's fought a flyweight right. or or bantamweight. Uh, All right, so Hillary, Hillary. Um, yeah, definitely. Hillary is a strawweight, right? One fifteen, or does she fight at flyweight yeah. also? Hillary's a strawweight. Well, they, there was a com- there was a comment I think from one of Hillary's coaches on um on our post there, uh, Lars. We we go look back at it. But one of her coaches said that um, they might have been exaggerating a little bit. They but they they reached out. Hillary reached out. Their side reached out to fight Henley a few times and uh, never heard back. I know Sarah Click um, called her out online, not because she doesn't like her. She just thought it was going to be a, it would be a fun fight. Um, so let's talk about some. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to know their weight classes because you know there's not many women enough four weight classes so but I know Hillary's in her own weight class and she's the best there. I mean but wait a minute Marissa Belanchier is also 
a straw weight, I I do believe, a 115-pounder. She can actually, I think, Marissa could go to Adam weight. Like, she can go to Adam weight. Yeah. And she's also a Golden, Golden Gloves uh, boxer. Also, I think, a, a Brazilian black belt under... Um, under uh, I can't, Andrew. Under who? Adarelli. Yeah, but also out of um, a huge, huge uh, Brazilian black belt out of New York also. Um, I can't think of his name, and uh, I'll probably get killed for it. But, um, but yeah, she goes, <laughs> she cross-trains there, too. And I think that's actually where she got her belt. And we know Hillary is a beast on the ground. I think them, uh, um, but also Marissa is signed with Invictor now. But I think Invictor allows them to fight because Invictor was going to allow uh, Kerry to fight for CES if there was a matchup in the making while she was waiting for an opportunity in with Victor, so do you think that? What do you think about that matchup? Maybe Hillary and uh, Spider Monkey. Man, if they can if they can both get to the same weight, that'd be a hell of a matchup. Um, Marissa is like I said before, like go 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 all all over you, and um, Hillary's found herself in some bad spots before and just ground, grinds out wins. So I mean, it would be one of those things to see if uh, Marissa's too much for uh, Hillary, or Hillary's just the the grinder that she showed she is before. Excellent. Uh, try. Uh, I'm sorry, Lars. Anything from you as far as not only them but uh, other women on here? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I know uh, Hillary is looking to kind of get to that next level. Um, what's her, what's her record? She four and one. Four and one. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I know when, when the UFC was coming uh, to town in October, she was uh, lobbying for a fight there. You know, with things for women, uh, you only need four, five, six bouts under your belt to, to possibly get a call from, from the UFC or, or Bellator. Uh, whereas the guys, you need you need a few more fights under your belt before you get that call. So, um, I'd love to see two and three go at it. If they can make it work, Jesse Meal, I think, is kind of in a league of her own right now. She just, you know, kind of made a statement in her last fight at Bellator, uh, beating a former title contender. Uh, so, you know, sky's the limit for her. Um, you know, Carrie Keniston, I think she's uber talented. She's got to get a win, though. I think she's lost like three in a row. Granted, her last one technically was an exhibition bout. Um, one, one round. round. <laughs> one round, yeah. Um, and she had a battle. And Invicta, the fight before that, an absolute war. Yeah, yeah. You're on war. So uh, fight of, uh, fight of the night. F- actually, fight of the night. She was awarded for that. Yeah, yeah. So she, she's a, she's an awesome fighter to watch. But you know, at this point in her career, she needs to be very strategic about who her next opponent is because she needs a W. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's it's tough because she's fought some talented, talented girls, and she's hung with each and every one of them. And just shows up behind on the scorecard. I, it, it's tough because she could easily be five and one. I mean, if she was fighting regionally, she could be five and one, six and zero. Oh. Yeah, um, definitely. Super talented. Definitely. And yeah. she's coming off. Uh, she did break her hand in that uh, fight of the night, and uh, her last fight coming back was that one round exhibition. So it's not a real, a true meter of where she is right now. Uh, so it's interested. Uh, you know, with all the time off, with uh, you know the the quarantine and everything. So she'll be a hundred percent when she comes back. When I talked to her before that um, exhibition, when she was getting ready for it, her hand wasn't a hundred percent. So I'm sure that was in the back of her mind a little bit as she was 
maybe fighting or getting ready for it. So uh, she might not have used her hands enough in that fight and had to change her game plan. So I'm interested to see what Kerry's going to bring to the table once, uh, you know, once we start getting going. Absolutely. Um, also, there's, um, you know, rumors that, you know, Hillary is on the cusp of making that contender uh, shot too. Like I said, they're looking for new women. Uh, we don't know what's going on with the contender, but knowing that the UFC is moving forward f- with fights, the apex is open. They got fights going on. We know the contender is going to happen. We just haven't really, you know, Fighter Island is the thing. Maybe we'll have the contender series on Fighter Island. You don't know what's going to go on. July is the um, is what they're saying. July, I think, fifteenth is the fight. The first. So. Boys, this the, the the floodgates are starting to open. Dane is getting it done, even though I haven't been a fan of everything he's been doing in the past. He's getting it done. I got to give him credit, and the contender series could be a big thing for a lot of our New England fighters here. Should we be uh, finding out about contender lineups here pretty soon? I mean, I think usually they'd be out by now in terms of their episodes and who's going to be fighting where. So hopefully, we we get some news in the next. Two or three weeks. Well, there's one gentleman uh, I'd like to give him a shout out. Uh, Nolan King, who fights, who used to be uh, regional here for uh, road here for Sure Dog, um, maybe Cade Side Press, something like that, a bunch of shit. Now he's working for um, who's he working? MMA Junkie. He covers a lot of the regional yeah. because that's what he covered before. So he he gives a lot of love to the regional. So he handles a lot of that. Um, a lot of the contender uh, write-ups and stuff like that. So, because he knows a lot of the regional fighters. So, I think uh, he's the guy to kind of guy to watch, Nolan King. He'll be coming out with some, uh, probably some uh, some beans, if you want to know. So, follow him on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. He's big on Twitter. All them uh, media guys are big on Twitter, which uh, maybe I should get on there and cause some shit, but I got too much going on. Keep in mind, there, there may be some local fighters who already got that contender series call. Yeah. That just can't say anything. Yeah. Um, and I, I bet you there's a few out there. So, um, you know, maybe we can work our magic and get some beans. Awesome. Some of them. Uh, Carrie Candice is watching. Uh, Don Sheenis is watching. So uh, their ears were ringing, which is great. So um, let's move to the amateur women um, because we'll cover them and we'll give some uh, a, a shout outs about maybe a couple other divisions in the amateurs, like a welterweight. But like I said, next Tuesday, we're going to cover the amateurs just as, uh, you know, extensively as we did co- uh, as the pros tonight. So we'll give them love next Tuesday night. So let's get to the women's um, amateurs pound for pound here. Um, let me blow that up here. All right, of course, Glory Watson, who we'll talk about because she was scheduled to make her pro debut. Megan Rosado, uh, uh, one of my favorite female fighters, amateur fighters in New England. Taylor Thompson, who I do believe might have retired, might have going to take a lot of time off. I don't know. Chelsea Tucker on a tear. Uh, Adina Boudre, who we know is a, a really good MMA fighter, also fights Muay Thai, but... um. I don't know how busy she's going to stay, but she is in the rankings, and she does produce. Um, I was going to say, I thought she might have fought Marissa Belancher as the amateur, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. Katie Denning, uh, who's a killer herself, but has taken time off. She became a police officer, I do believe. Um, Ariana Cruz out of um, Underdog, 
I do believe. Or Ascension over there cross trains with Matt Bassett. I've seen her kill people at reality. I don't know Erin Johnson. She sounds familiar. You guys can... Uh, I think was on. Oh, that's yeah, right. She had her first fight at Combat Zone. I watched that fight, actually. She uh, had a finish in that fight, right? I think she's only like 18 as well. Yes. She, actually, yeah, was she it? just turned 18 yeah. like a month earlier and made her debut, yeah. and she was impressive. Yeah, I and think... coming out of camp, she's one to watch. Uh, she looks super innocent, but she got in there and she showed some pretty impressive technique for her debut. And when you got Joe Lozon in your corner uh, and training with those killers every day, sky's the limit. So keep an eye on Aaron Johnson. Excellent. I don't know Chelsea Fallon. Uh, do you know anything about her? I think she's a Vermont girl. I don't know much about her. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to be learning more about uh, Vermont fighters because there was quite a few, I think, on the heavyweight. There's a lot of heavyweights out of Vermont. Which uh, we <laughs> we need heavyweights. We know that. Guys, we eat moose in fucking Vermont. Fucking guys are like three hundred fucking pound heavyweights over there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, and then number ten is Elisa Marini, who is coming off a loss to Chelsea Tucker, and she came in like real heavy too. So, uh, hats off to Chelsea Tucker for uh, winning that fight against a heavy opponent and a. Uh, Alyssa's well, no uh, slouch either. She fought uh, Glory Watson, I do believe, at um, at Ammo. So let's talk, fellas. Glory Watson is making her pro debut. So, you know, let's talk about her first because she does need some credit. She is she is number one, and if she wasn't making her pro debut, she, she well deserves that number one spot because she's been, you know, I think she's... Uh, She's definitely fought. She fought Rosado and and um, had a good fight with Rosado. But talk about Glory Watson and, and what she's done in her amateur career. Travis. Yeah, uh, Glory Wat- Watson's another one of those girls, and I think it's uh, it says something about the girls in this area that's just in your face. Glory Watson will just uh, it likes to man or woman handle whoever she she fights. Um, it, it, it there's never a dull dull moment in her fights. Um, I need one of those hats, Don Chavis, <laughs> by the way. I think you mentioned that last time. <laughs> Two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Glory Watson, Glory Watson, yes, she's, she's going to make her pro debut. Um, I think she's going to have some great success in the pro ranks. Um, I don't know. She she's probably the the star out of this whole thing um when it comes to up and comers um but i'm a big fan of chelsea tucker too chelsea tucker three wins in a row um she started off her career super slow but she has showed that she's a better fighter each time out um and she she's gonna probably climb up to those ranks and i think don't think she's far from turning pro either uh chelsea's uh, definitely the one of my favorite fighters in New England. She she works her ass off, and uh, she deserves every bit of recognition she gets after climbing out of the hole she started out with. Um, training with John Rayo at first class. Um, she's got a good team behind her, and uh, she's got a good head on her shoulders. She's trained super hard. I've seen her cross-training um, all across the, the state um, of Maine uh, in quarantine and stuff like that. I saw her up at Dragonfire MMA when I went up to talk with uh, Chris and Roz Hilton up there. Uh, she looks crisp. She looks ready to go, and she works harder than just about any other uh, amateur woman I've seen. 
Yeah, I think um, I'm not sure what you know. Maine is breeding some tough some tough women here. Five of the top <coughs> six are are Maine fighters, Maine based fighters, and obviously Gloria Watson kind of separated herself from the pack here. Uh, her only loss is to Kara Greenwell, which I was a judge for that fight. It was a super close fight, you know. But Glory showed showed me something in that fight that she can take a punch. Uh, it was a stand up <coughs> battle. She got hit. Uh, she got clipped a few times and stood in the pocket and traded. Um, so that was a great learning experience for her. Um, Megan Rosado's been on a tear and, and hasn't said no to a fight. Um, yeah, Chelsea Tucker. She, um, you know, when I first saw her fight, she seemed a little timid. And um, <coughs> in terms of most improved, by far the most improved from her first fight to her sixth fight now. I think she's three and three now. And um, you know, she's she's improved immensely. And what I've seen her in the last few fights is she's got that kind of that killer instinct. She's got that that look in her eye that she wants to go in there and hurt somebody, not just like, all right, here, here, I hope you don't get hurt. No, she's going and looking to hurt you now. Um, and she was pissed off when Alyssa Marini missed weight. And you could tell in that fight, she just kind of had a different look at her, and she went out and performed. So Chelsea Tucker's one to watch. Um, and then I had mentioned Aaron, Aaron Johnson before. She's kind of like that, that rookie that I've got circled to keep my eye on. Definitely. <coughs> I swallowed a pumpkin seed a little wrong, fellas. So, <laughs> so I'm either going to throw up or cough through the rest of this podcast right now because I ran out of beer. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, all right. So there you have it. I mean, Rosado, she's my favorite. I mean, as far as amateurs, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, I love too. But Rosado, uh, as far as her weight class, she is um, a bantamweight killer. She's a mom. She's a wife. I think she just passed. Uh, she's going to be a prison guard. I think I I do believe she just passed all the tests. So she, she just got that opportunity in Maine. Another Maine fighter. Um, she's a killer. This girl trains all the time. Is always trying to get better. She's always. She's very humble. She's. Very, very excited about where she is. She she got into fighting because to, to training just to lose weight from being a mom, and then she became number two pound for pound amateur fighter. Pro number one because you know as we know, Glory's going to uh, so, to pro. So next rankings, if there's a fight or not, well, there's going to have to be a fight for next rankings. Uh, Meg's Meg's gonna be there again, number one, and I would imagine one more fight under her, one more good uh, good opportunity to have a great amateur fight. She's gonna be turning pro uh, in a fight or two. And as far as um, yeah, I think that the, I think that the first I think that her and Chelsea are 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 making they're they're pushing through the amateur ranks and they they're gonna become pros soon. They they've. Um, I mean, some amateur girls uh, have the amateur career, and and they call it enough. I think <clears> these two girls set them aside where they are going to make good pros one day. They, are, I mean, they take this seriously now. They treat it professionally, and um, I think that's going to be in their near future. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we were, we were talking about how we were, it was tough to, for us to put ten women in the pro division to kind of to vote on and to rank. 
you know, we're going to see hopefully Glory Watson, Megan Rosado, and Chelsea Tucker make the leap in the next year, year and a half. You throw those three in the, in the mix in the pro ranks, and you got you got some interesting rankings to afford to. Here's another thing about Chelsea. I think Chelsea is, uh, she's been fighting heavier girls her whole career. Uh, I do believe Chelsea fought um, yeah. Glory, which Glory was fighting heavier girls through her, her, her whole amateur career, and now she's uh, a strawweight. Uh, I think, um, yeah, her last two fights were strawweight. Yeah. Same thing with um, with uh, Chelsea. Chelsea was fighting all heavier girls, and I think that's where her three fights losses came from. But she's getting that experience and getting that that feel of the heavier the heavier woman, which I think makes her a better light, lighter fighter, which makes her you know do what she's doing now at, at a smaller you know a, a lesser division. And it doesn't. Yeah. It, it, yeah, she's a she's a flyweight and she's super strong. And it doesn't hurt that she's uh, cross training at Lausanne's also. And I think uh, Hillary 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 Rose is her one of her co- one of her corner coaches who coaches her uh, you know through her fights. Yeah. Her and Hillary train uh, a lot together. <clears throat> They're super close. Um, and uh, yeah, they both they both uh, mess around at Lausanne's on Saturdays. Um, and yeah, if, if those two girls uh, can can kind of keep up with each other, that could be something great for the uh, future of the women's division in New England. Excellent, guys. Well, uh, last thing I'm going to throw up here, guys, is the number one pros in New England. Uh, we didn't get to hit all the weight classes, but uh, we're just going to give a shout out to all the number ones. Maybe you guys can talk about uh, bring us home with... Uh, Maybe the the heavyweight, light heavyweight, and uh, middleweight, and uh, where you see, uh, you know, let's not talk in depth. Let's just give them a shout out. Uh, maybe the top threes in them division. Yeah, I, we we can't overlook the welterweight division because that's a pretty deep division in New England as well. Um, you know, maybe we can touch upon that next week or whatnot. But when you got Vinicius De Jesus, John Manley, Cameron Lochnov, Jesse Kozakowski, and John Gotti the third in the top five. Those are four guys that we might see on the big stage uh, in the next year and a half to two years. So welterweight is, I think, an underrated division here in New England when you look at it. And then you got you got Pat Casey. I also think number six on there as well. I mean, that could be the deepest division in New England. Now, you know, you just mentioned Pat. Look at number six, uh, Jeremiah Wells. Yeah, I skipped him. <laughs> Jeremiah Wells fought. I mean, holy crap! Yeah, that's a that's a, that one deserves some discussion. Yeah. Jer- Jeremiah Jeremiah Wells is the former CES welterweight champ who beat um who did he beat John, uh, did he beat John Manley for that or did he well, who did he meet no, beat he, for that? he beat uh, what's the guy's name? It wasn't Christopher Curtis. It was he didn't he didn't beat he beat oh, Gary Belletto, and then he got a title shot. Who did he yeah. get? Start Stiletto. Yeah. And then he fought John Manley. And, yep. Beat the beat Manley handedly. And then, oh he fought in New York or or Pennsylvania. Or uh he fought um the dude that fought Christopher Curtis, I think, for the title. At one time. At CES. Did I lose yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I, I his, uh, yeah. Jason Nor not Jason Norwood. 
That might be it. I don't know. A big ball. He had a ball guy. That's all I remember. He, uh, he lost to Marco Smallman in, um, in September at CFFC. Yeah, but that but, was... Um, you know, well, well, is one to talk about because he's five and one in his last six, and his only loss is number one, Vinicius de Jesus. Uh, that was the yes. official loss at CES Fitzpatrick. Yeah, um, and Jesus won that, and Jesus has actually defended the title at the last uh, CES, I do believe. So, I mean, that, that's a killer division. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Middlebury's pretty killer too. Um, I was looking earlier today. Pat McCrowan's like what seven or eight in the middleweight division. Yeah, McCrowan's a, a, a tough dude. Um, I think there's some some room for debate uh, in that division as well. Excellent, excellent. All right, so let's go uh, light heavy, where we have uh, William Knight, we have uh, Terence Jean Jacques, and um, uh, Fabio Chiron. Big. Yeah. Big, big three in New England. We don't have to talk much more about any of that division than them three guys there. We got William Knight, who we did have some debate about him on the rankings because he does have a developmental deal with UFC. And, Lars, do you know what that entails, the the, the development deal? What I understand, I think he has to fight for fight pass organizations, uh, you know, around the region, is is that correct? Yeah, there's been uh, a couple promoters that we've talked to who have who tried to book night uh, regionally here that they can't because uh, in the developmental deal he's contracted to fight on UFC Fight Pass, so that excludes everybody except CES. Um, in New England, at least. So, you know, I wouldn't expect Knight to be anywhere except CES in the near future, unless he goes maybe down to New Jersey again uh, and fights uh, for CFFC or something. Excellent. Uh, Travis, a little bit about Knight and uh, what you, I mean, we've seen him since, you know, he made his uh, pro debut, uh, I think, uh, for, uh, was it? Was it CES or Premier? I mean, we've seen a fight at Premier and taking people out. I mean, we've seen a load of fights, at least seven mm-hmm. fights of William Cage side. We've seen him kill people. Um, let's talk about this dynamic mm-hmm. individual that um, basically Dana White called a freak of nature as far as just his uh, his athleticism and the muscle mass that he can move on that body. Well, when I did my rankings, I literally listed it and I said, can this guy kick this guy's ass? And that's how I did it. And William Knight came up on top of my 205 and my heavyweight rankings. That's just, I mean, Greg Rebello was on top of my heavyweight. I consider him partially retired because he considered his last fight a retirement fight, but he said that before. But William Knight um, is probably the most impressive individual I've seen throughout New England MMA. Um, just overall power, um, quickness for his size. Um, I mean, he's not a big he's not a big heavyweight, um, but he hits with more power than the the six foot four guys. Um, and yeah, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. He could be uh, one of the best chances um, that we have to see uh, the next guy in the UFC, obviously, um, because he's got that developmental deal. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of thought the developmental deal was uh, a little weird initially because of how good 
William Knight's uh, amateur career was. Dana White said he didn't have quite enough experience to put him right into the UFC's heavyweight division or light heavyweight division, but uh, you know, Will fought Yorgi uh, uh, as a amateur. He's, he's been tested. Um, he's fought anyone uh, worthy of mention in his division. Um, he, you put him in front of him, and he's he's hasn't shied down to anyone. Um, fought Kevin Haley. Kevin Haley's a veteran. Knocked him out in the first round. Um, yeah, William Knight is one scary individual, and um, sky's the limit for him. He keeps his head on straight, keeps his nose to the grindstone like he has been, and that guy is going to make some moves, and he will be in the UFC one day. Excellent. Lars, um, next, uh, was Fabio second, or was Gene Jock uh, second? Gene Jock two, Charant three. All right. Um, let me see uh, how they kind of came in in terms and, of And I here. know that uh, William Knight and uh, Gene Jock fought at Premier, and uh, William Knight finished Gene uh, Terrence, but it was a great, a great battle up until, you know, the end of that fight. I mean, it, it, it was great, great. Um, Gene Jack just coming off a Premier win, a big, big win for him. He won the... Was it the he won a, a belt, but cruiserweight. was it cruiserweight, the two twenty five belt? Oh, he fought Raz, right? Yeah, Raz Hill. Yeah. Okay, not an easy. Yeah, I, think, um, I think you know Terrence has all the potential in the world as well. Obviously, he's got the wrestling chops. Um, and we fought at Iowa. I think or he wrestled at Iowa for a year, which you know, if you see yeah. Iowa and wrestling, you know, obviously you must have some talent. You know. Um, he strings a couple more wins together as well. He could be getting uh, the contender call as well, the contender series call. Um, what what I think he needs to work on is the striking. You know, he's got an awesome grappling game in terms of heavy top pressure. He just doesn't do a ton with it. And we know that the UFC and those bigger promotions want to see who got a guy who can throw some strikes and do some damage on the feet as well and on the ground. They're not a huge fan of those takedown and, and positional type of fighters so he's going to evolve a little bit more but i think he's kind of um he's reaching out and, and training different places i know he's at att for a little bit i don't think he's there anymore um uh, he, Short, we, we know his 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 deal you know losing on the contender series last year but uh again another guy who is young um has got a pretty good record and has mass amounts of talent uh, I remember watching that contender series fight and a couple kicks that he threw were some of the heaviest kicks I've ever seen. And um, so if he strings a couple other, you know, wins together, he could be getting a call as well. So top three there in, in that, uh, in that light heavyweight is, you know, all three of those guys could be in the show in the next two years. Excellent. My man. Well, dudes, um, we've gone a little while here, hour and a half. Uh, I think we covered up. Pretty much of the pro ranks, a little of the amateurs, just giving some mentions. But uh, you guys, you you want to do it next Tuesday or you want to do it uh, Thursday? It might be a band here, so I don't want to ruin it. I, it. It's a shame to wait a whole friggin' week <laughs> to do it. You want to you want to do it Thursday and chance to see if the band's going to be here or not? I mean, um, we if anything, we might have to start the podcast at nine instead of eight thirty. If um if that's all right, you want to do it Thursday. Thursday. Thursday or Tuesday? No, what you want to do it next Tuesday? What do you want to do? The amateur. 
I think next I think next next Tuesday will coincide better with how we're releasing the okay. rankings, yeah. the right. top 10s of each division. Yeah. I think it'll work better if we do it next Tuesday. Excellent. Uh, then that's perfect then. So uh, we're basically done with podcasting this week. We're very excited for Lars to uh, to get some more posters out there and give some more shine and, and blow up our website with these rankings, man. It's happening, bros. That's why we put it together. So, uh, so um, you know, our passion could show through and we could give a big spotlight to um, to our fighters here. So, Travis, I'm going to start with you. You give your shout-outs. Give, um, you know, last words before I let you go, and then I'll hand it over to Lars to send us home. Uh, well, the first thing I'm going to say is if you don't like our rankings, log on the goddamn website and put in your damn vote. That's the only way you're going to change them, unless you're a fighter, and then you get your ass in the cage and you make something of it. Other than that, uh, I want to definitely uh, throw a shout-out there to the Canna Bio Group, um, somebody that I've been working close with, uh, Antonio and the, the people over there. I've been working close with them with Chris uh, Saro. They've uh, showed uh, liking in our website and a possible sponsorship coming forward. I know Lars has talked to them, and he could probably uh, finite those details a little bit, but I want to shout out to them. And then also my barber, Mike <laughs> Drummond from uh, Roland's Old School Barbershop. I missed him last time because I, I got sick for my quarantine appointment, but um, he's my dude, and he's been with me since day one. Um, I've shouted out to him on all my uh, writing in the past. So Mike Drummond, you're the man keeping this beard and this hair looking good. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Lars? Yeah, um, no, just uh, shout out to the, the promoters who uh, submitted their, their votes, their ballot for this, and the other media guys. Thank you. Without them, um, we wouldn't have been able to do this. It'd just be us three jokers trying to put this together. Uh, and thank you to the fans who contributed. Um, you know, just we want to make this, you know, we want to bring this community together and have something we're proud of. And I think this is the first step in the right direction. Uh, I haven't, I've been around, you know, um, the sport here in New England for, like I said, 10 or so years. And we used to have some rankings. Shout out to Dan Bunnell, who used to do this at Mass MMA, and it gets to be a lot of work. And we haven't had this in probably four or five years. And um, it's generating some really awesome discussion. And it's starting to kind of give the promoters and fighters um, something to look at in terms of matchmaking. Hopefully the promotions will use our rankings when they're hyping fights and, and kind of putting things together. Um, but yeah, just, um, uh, go buy a shirt if you want to support us, you know, we, we don't, we're doing this for free, uh, for the love of the game. And, uh, you know, this is super comfortable. Go on the website, hit us up. Um, but no, I appreciate everybody's input and look forward to continue to do this. Awesome. And remember, we do have a donate button on our website. If you just want to donate a dollar, five bucks, a quarter, whatever you can throw out there, um, it just helps us. I mean, we're just going to make things better. I mean, we just keep investing, investing, investing. And uh, us three right here, we have amazing passion for MMA in New England and um, just putting a platform out there and being able to do something positive with our energy. And uh, I couldn't be any more happier than been to be with these two guys who are uh, two of the most established and uh, done some of the best things for MMA in, in in the last like five to ten years. So I'm, I'm excited and I appreciate you two guys for, uh, you know, sticking with me and uh, having some faith that I wouldn't uh, get us deleted off Facebook and uh, any other social media. 
platform. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with that said, uh, so next Tuesday, we'll be back in the room podcast with these two guys going all over all the amateur rankings. Look out for our page, New England MMA, all over, everywhere, Facebook, Instagram. The tag is right under Lars, right there. You see New England Mixed Martial Arts on Instagram, YouTube. See it all. We're everywhere, and we're not going anywhere because um, this is the tip of the iceberg, fellas. And uh, we made movement this weekend, and I think, um, I think uh, you know, Sky's the limit now for uh, this website. Is that your? Who's that sneaking behind you over there, Lars? Ah, It's daddy time. It's time. They're they're saying it's time to go. (laughs) All right, dudes. uh, I'll let you go, guys. Um, I'm just going to throw out the the last scene here, and uh, I'm going to talk to you guys offline before I let you go. So thank you very much. Join our pages. Go on the website. Follow it. Share it. And love it because um, we love it. With that said... We out of here.